Hey everybody, I'm Matt Hill with Nine Energy Services. I'm John Simmons with Epic Workflow. Jeremiah Smith, Trace Management. And I'm Jerry Howell with Epic Workflow. Well guys, thank you for being here. This is our uh, long form podcast, uh, the Talking Energy Show. We're here in the uh, Trace Management office. That have, uh, We like to give a shout out to them. Uh, Jeremiah's team gives us uh, a space up here to uh, do a long form podcast about oil and gas and all things that involved in it, like uh, your new company, and I want you to tell everybody about it, is uh, involved in oil and gas and project management software. And uh, you guys came in and gave us a presentation today, so I wanted you to tell the world about it. I've known John for a little while, met him in Denver at the Doug conference, I believe. That's right. And we've kind of been kicking it ever since. He was uh, oh, explaining to me how uh, we are doing a really bad job at... Uh, project management workflow and uh, now I've seen your software I'm convinced of that we don't know what we're doing we need your help tell everybody about it who wants to get started you You Jay John um first of all I think it's good for uh for Jay to introduce himself a little bit I mean Matt we've known each other for some time Uh, I got my I cut my teeth on the uh upstream space uh on deal making space to uh acquiring and selling um upstream assets uh pivoted that into, into the tech with Jerry and um you know, it's been a, it's been a fun fun ride, kind of learning about uh, business critical workflows that really merit uh, some software around it. And um, Jerry, why don't you go ahead and uh, yeah, tell us all about yourself. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you get involved with this guy and us? Man, I don't know. Accident, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Give us your little bio. <laughs> I actually have known John for quite some time. So the company he worked for was owned family owned business um, and and owned by. Uh, uh, a friend of mine's uh, father and, and brothers. So I've known John for quite some time too. But in my background, uh, I started working for a reservoir engineering uh, company based out of Calgary about 15 years ago. And they, they had a, a suite of software that geos and engineers uh, used to, uh, to, to develop uh, an unconventional place. And um, so those guys, uh, I started working with those guys, like I said, about 15 years ago. And, uh, and two of my customers, uh, uh, one of them was Mark Mahorich, the other one was James Ruiz. And Mark worked for Plains and James worked for Apache. And those two guys were tasked at one point with putting about a billion dollars into the Haynesville shale. And uh, they had these analysts that were coming to them saying, listen, we need, you know, we need this, these different plays analyzed uh, right away. We, we need this stuff. And it would be like, hey, we'll, we'll get back to you in three days. Those guys would be like, no, we need this in, in three hours. It was so competitive back then. So uh, Mark and James, you know, after, uh, after beating their heads against the wall, uh, decided, you know, we can build a better mousetrap. And so they went out and spent about a year um, revolutionizing that, that, uh, that software that they were customers of mine using in the past. And so they put everything in the cloud. They used uh, the, the, the power of Amazon Web Services on the, on the, on the back end for processing power and developed a, a better mousetrap, as I said. So uh, about 2011, uh, they, um, they decided to, uh, to take it commercial. They said, well, we've, we think we've got something now. So... They called me. We rolled it out to uh, to Marathon. Marathon looked at it and said, "Well, okay, we think you've got something here, but if you change this, this, and this, we'll buy it." So we said, "Deal." So we went back and did it, and lo and behold, they they bought it. So that was in 2011, and um, we uh, we we put some some uh, some folks that we knew in, into the into the business, and uh, you know, two and a half years later, we had 150 customers, and we sold uh, the company to Inveris Drilling Info. So. And when was that? That was uh, that was January sixth of twenty twenty, right before negative oil and right before COVID. So mm-hmm. we uh, we had good timing on that one. 
Very, very good timing. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, moving forward, you know, we, we, we sold that company. We spent about a year with those guys, uh, both Mark and I did. And then we started saying, okay, you know, what, what we were successful doing in the past was looking at basically an antiquated workflow, people that were using antiquated tools. And we solved that problem. What else is out there in oil and gas that, uh, that, that is, is facing kind of the same dilemma? Everything. Everything was the answer, right? So after I left the, uh, the first software company, I worked for um, a couple of EPCs. And so I went to Mark and said, look, uh, in the estimation process, there's, I mean, th- this is just rampant in, in there. The, you know, some people are just still literally using paper to, to, to do these bid estimations. Um, at best, they're using spreadsheets. Yeah, RFQs are always on spreadsheets for exactly. me. Exactly. So uh, there's a lot of inherent risk in that, obviously. So you've got, you know, you've got the, the, the fact that you can fat finger things. And, and one of the things that, that we were discussing actually in the car ride over here was that, you know, the, the, the margins uh, on, on these construction jobs, whether it's, you know, upstream, midstream, downstream, uh, they're, they're so tight, um, sometimes 5%, sometimes lower than that. Uh, we talked to someone just a, a week ago uh, that said, you know, you know, in a in a half billion dollar job, we could lose the job over five thousand dollars. They were serious about it. So there are those her- inherent risks with spreadsheets. Uh, you know, another risk is is simply that a lot of the EPCs that you talk to um, are are literally running bids and running running projects with with one guy that's that's been there for you know for thirty years. So. He's the guy that owns those spreadsheets, and, and those spreadsheets are his baby. At the same time, you know, if this guy, God forbid, gets hit by a bus or, you know, or, or just makes those mistakes, he's the only one that can fix those things. And so um, you've got a lot of risk there. Um, so anyway, we looked at that, that process, and, and we said, look, that's, that's something that we can, we can tackle really quickly. So um, Mark said, look, we've, we've been interacting with a guy um, out in, in California, um, this guy is an incredible programmer. Uh, he was an executive with Apple. Uh, Eric has stood on the stage with Steve Jobs, literally, uh, with you know unveiling some of his apps that he's created. Um, let's see if he's interested in tackling this the, these Houston-based problems. I say Houston, but oil and gas. He likes oil and gas. He he's a he's gas. a fan. Good. <laughs> see, there there are people on the east and west coast that are strong supporters of oil and gas. He is he is from Houston, though. Yeah. Um, to to make it clear, well, a little caveat there. <laughs> never mind. But, but never mind. Statement. Take take California. He's, he's, com- he's coming home. Yeah, he's and, coming and, home. And moving home. You're right. So he's excited about it. We're excited to have him. But no, yeah, there's no doubt you have that that you know that power of of, uh, of West Coast programming. That's where it's at, right? In Silicon Valley. So you have guys that have that kind of experience, taking complex problems and and putting them into your iPhone, right? Making them apps, making them so easy and intuitive and, and easy to use. Uh, so, so we said, okay, what if we could take harness that kind of power, that kind of uh, of knowledge to solve these complex problems in an intuitive, easy way? So we've got this guy uh, coming, Eric. Shout out to Eric coming back to Houston, coming home, and he's brought with him just a, a, an incredible uh, uh, group of, of talent of programmers. So uh, again, taking that West Coast uh, uh, programming power to solve uh, oil and gas problems, and so we. We think we've come up with something that uh, that really does uh, solve those problems. Yeah, and it's not just you know you showed us earlier. It's not just the uh, and and by all means uh, we'll give you guys links in the uh, in the down below. But uh, you know when you when you take a look at the software, it's 
project management software. Yeah. It's not just the bidding process. It's it's the whole package from start to finish, and then you can always use those templates to go back to the next yeah, project. Yeah, could you give us uh, just your elevator pitch for two minutes, and then I'm going to ask some questions that I think other people might uh, want to sure. know. So your elevator pitch for your software, so everyone's got a good grasp before we break into the nuts and bolts. I know we're on a truncated schedule. Yeah, not a problem at all. So if I had you know 30 seconds in the elevator to, to, to explain our software, it's really just kind of what I what I said. It's it's taking a, a very complex problem, uh, with which is project management, um, complex from a number of different angles, bid bidding, bid leveling, um, communication is is huge. Um, so it's taking that problem, that's usually solved by antiquated software, i.e., spreadsheets, Excel, and it's taking that and it's putting it into one platform, a single platform for all of the communication, for all the bid leveling, for all the project management. It puts it all in, in, in basically in one place so that if your uh, procurement, if your um, estimation, if your business development, or if you're an executive, you're looking at and viewing this problem all, uh, or this project rather, all real time. So uh, uh, something I, uh, so they gave us a presentation earlier on it. And could you elaborate, the cool part I found about it was the fact that instead of getting all these random bids in PDF format or Excel that are being sent to us as a project management company, you actually forward them an email and they fill out your bid sheet. So it, it kind of puts some of the work back on the vendor instead of you having to then put it in your spreadsheet. Can you go into a little bit of detail about that? I mean, it's pretty cool functionality. Yeah, sure. So exactly what you said. Um, so we will bring in at no cost, bring in uh, as many subcontractors, that, the ones that obviously that you your business works with quite a bit. We give them access to the software so that when you create an RFP, you can send that, that invitation to bid directly to three, five, however many uh, potential vendors that, that you want to. You can send that invitation to bid to them. They go through a, a basically a form worksheet that, that you've already created, and they can submit that bid directly to you so that you're not dealing with sending an RFP, having that communication go through email. Sometimes it can go through text, which mm -hmm. from a procurement standpoint has got to be a big no-no, right? So you're, you're communicating on one platform. So you submit that to them. They can fill out that, that bid. They can also um, answer questions or ask questions through the portal. And so that's always uh, going to become a, a you know, standard of record mm -hmm. um, for, for all of that. You can also communicate directly back to them. So if, say you got a, a, a response from one of those vendors and you're like, eh, not really sure about this. It, you know, I'm not sure they, they, they read the takeoffs the correct way. Maybe the quantities, they, there's something wrong here. You can send a note to those guys through the system that they can receive through email and, and maybe even through text, and they can respond directly through that. So, again, you've got that one system of record uh, right there. Yeah, everything's in and out of the portal. Will That's there be an app? You know, So our project managers, uh, they could be out on a well site for another client. Uh, handling something, you know, instead of popping out their laptop, but they get a response to an RFP, are they going to be able to use their phone quickly or something like that to be like, hey, I need a little bit of clarity on this or something like that, yeah. all through their phone instead of having to have a desktop? Yep, absolutely. Through the phone or through, uh, through an iPad and respond directly through that. What about attachments? So you got a vendor that uh, has a, a wellhead, right? There, there's several different pieces to that, and I can't go into detail, but you, you need those attachments to actually view how it's set up, the height, you know, just images and stuff like that in a PDF. When they upload their bid, would they be able to upload that as well? Yeah, great, great point. So absolutely. So not only does can you upload those documents, but I keep saying system of record or, uh, or whatever, 
you can you can now make that your document management mm -hmm. storage uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, place, right? So you've got all of those uh, all those documents along with all the communication. So a big part of that, Jerry, uh, it sounds like are you guys using Amazon Web Services to for your back end and all that? Uh, you know what? I don't think we're using. Are, are we using Amazon AWS. as a database? Okay. So the big thing about that that you're we're all reading about on a daily basis is cybersecurity threats. Mm -hmm. So what what are you guys doing to protect someone else's proprietary data? Very very good question. So, uh, you know, if Mark were here, he's the he's the database guy, and, and he could give that answer to you. We were um, we were down in Pascagoula, Mississippi last week, and he gave it to gave a very technical response to that. You're not going to get a technical response from me, other than to say that I've I've heard Mark a couple times talk about the level of encryption that we use going through Amazon Web Services. So, um, what I'm what I do know in a non technical way is that um, if if our database were ever um, penetrated. Uh, all the, the all the hacker would see would be generic information. They couldn't tell if it belonged to you, the next customer, or anything else. So they basically get nothing out of. There's out multiple of layers too that they have to go through. If someone wanted to learn more about that, could they go to uh, EpicWorkflow.tech and kind of see what you guys are doing for cybersecurity? And, and just fill out the, the question. Yeah, we'd yeah. love to, to give you a way more uh, technical sure. answer than I just gave. Yeah, you. it's <laughs> just it's become so prevalent. So a lot of our customers at this point, we have to either ha we have to have insurance or something to show that we can protect their data yeah it's a, it's a very relevant thing and it's only getting bigger by the day so. you're, you're absolutely right we uh, we just came from from a lunch where we heard some guys talking about an application that they were going to put out to all these vendors and I said man that kind of in uh, uh, subcontractors I said to John man that sounds kind of similar to, to what we're doing just to get adoption right what a great idea we hope um, but one of the things they said is you know we're, we're gonna make it so easy for these these subcontractors to join this portal that we're not going to um, uh, we're not going to put passwords up we're not going to do anything that would make these guys not want to join us said, oh my god mm. and they're you know they're dealing with without going into detail I wouldn't want to do that but they're dealing with trucking companies I leaned over at lunch to John and I said can you imagine somebody hacking you know JB Hunt trucking and shutting down half the United States at one time mm -hmm. so uh, say all that to say yeah we've we've uh, we've with Q engineering we definitely uh, had to uh, to go through the uh, all the the rigor, uh, and we're definitely doing it now. As a follow up to that, the other part is so I'm not the right guy for that. Like I have one point of contact for getting pipe bids in Oklahoma, but there's a different guy that actually handles their South Texas. Can they forward on the bid and respond to that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll you would list a, a number of different contacts, internal contacts, and then we'll we'll upload a, a number of different vendors. You've got all these different vendor profiles their safety records, all of those things in a vendor profile. Mm -hmm. So I just need to walk in my office and your portal's up and that's all I need. I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> when you're setting up a project, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. We, we want to want to be careful of that. You know, no, no software is all things to, to everyone, right? No, um, I need it to be. Okay. I need you guys to get on that. <laughs> yeah, what you, why are you even in here unless it's going to be all Don't things. have the right answer. Right. It's, <laughs> it's important that your software communicates. you got to be a better salesman. <laughs> it's, it's important that your software communicates really well with other other. Uh, business critical software you're using as well so it's not just um, you know a sh a, a, its own little standalone thing right yeah. you, once you start estimating you, you bid level the whole project a lot of times you'll have a project management tool uh, whatever that might be that's actually you know when you're actually you know putting the shovel in the dirt or putting the drill bit in the ground um, you have a different system for that and you have to be able to kind of spit that out in a way right directly into there as opposed to just having its own thing in a box yeah so say okay so trace management of course they have you know a, a customer you know 
a well psych, you know, call you up and, you know, okay, I'm, I need you to go do 10 workovers. So that's a different kind of project than, say, Devin comes in. They're just, I mean, th- that could be a project where, hey, I'm looking at a piece of property and, you know, this, this is going to be everything on this piece of property, you know, that's going to be their uh, geology. It's going to be their, oh, I went out and purchased this. I, here's also now our drilling. Here's our completion on it. Here's our production. Oh, here's all the data on all that as well. I mean, you can put that much under each project. Mm-hmm. And then all the people that's ever been associated with that project. Exactly. And when do you guys tackle uh, the hierarchy? So who can edit, who can access, and how that works? Let's sure. talk yeah. about that. Yeah, delegating the workflow is really important, right? You have uh, your project manager or uh, whatever you whatever you call that person in charge, right? That's going right. to delegate that work, different pieces of of the workflow to different people internally, um, and you want to make sure that they have. Uh, that complete viewership and ownership of their of their of their scope of work and who they're sending their bids out to, whether it's to uh, subcontractors or trade partners or uh, or just vendors, right? So you have someone in procurement that needs to access pipe piping and things like things like that. So uh, they have complete ownership of of, deli- of uh, sending those bids out, leveling those bids, uh, setting it up for approval process, and having somebody there to have that clear line of sight of what's happening throughout the job. And if they need to talk to somebody, say, hey, you sent out. You only uh, sent out two bids. I, you know, why don't you send another one out? They're not having to have that weekly half-day meeting some, in some cases where they're having to uh, kind of figure out where they are in a project. All he has to do is open the app, see exactly where they are. Down every, to- every single person in the project, they, he knows where they're at. Exactly. I think that's a really important and really important uh, thing to do because those, those those weekly meetings, if you look at it from a salary standpoint, and we have everybody in one room for several hours, that's an expensive meeting. It is. I think I'm sorry to interrupt. I think from a hierarchy standpoint, you know, you do have the ability to give access uh, throughout the software to different levels. So you can put, you know, give read-only access if you wanted to, uh, read-write, admin access, and you can just give levels of of view Mm -hmm. to to different folks within the organization. Which is really important to us as a project management company. So Jason will have a tech that needs to review stuff, maybe edit some parameters, but maybe not, as well as finance person to come back and check on the numbers Mm -hmm. and how they work, but doesn't need to edit anything. So Mm -hmm. it's good to be able to view that from the outside. And let's talk about Gantt charts or how do we do this process well? We didn't really get into that earlier, but how does that work? So we call it phase phase management. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have the ability to create uh, multiple different phases throughout the, the throughout the project, and each one of those has certain deliverables in each one of those. So from an EPC standpoint, it could start at you know front end engineering uh, FEL one. Uh, so you you got certain people that are going to be involved in that. You can delegate those folks in a certain workflow for FEL one, two, and three. And then when you've got design bid, uh, you got, you've got you design. You're going into to award the bid and go into construction. You can you can le- you can allocate certain people and certain workflows uh, for each one of those. So uh, we call it phase, but you can we can you know design it to look however you guys would like. All right, well, I need you to do all this just for oil and gas now. Forget, okay, now construction, that's part of oil and gas, but I don't want any solar or wind power ever involved. If somebody somebody calls you, I want you to bug their system. I'll just just give them your cell number. And, yeah, if there's anybody on the Democratic side, like if there's like a project management team for like a Democratic candidate, no, they don't get the software yet. (laughs) It's a deal, I think. Okay. We just just (laughs) met your state senator, Stephanie. I don't know her last name. Uh, Hey, we're we're big fans. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to come get her to speak at a couple things coming up. She was great. She was great. She just uh, dressed. 
drink. She just ate, uh, ate lunch with she us. She doesn't drink. She's been drinking the Kool-Aid for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what matters. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. thank you, Stephanie. Yeah. Where'd you guys run into her at? Uh, at the lunch words. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, she's great. She was fantastic. How did we miss yeah. that? Why We should have been there. I know. I didn't even know. Some of us are better plugged in than us. Well, allegedly, there. Trace Management will also go into uh, project management for other industries besides oil and gas someday, except yeah. for except for solar and wind. Okay. <laughs> Heck, if it pays the bills, it pays the bills. We're we're agnostic when it comes to $20 America. is not $20, <laughs> Jeremiah. I don't want to get into that conversation hey, again. we got wind and solar being backed by government subsidies. Uh, now, they're the best paying client out there. That, always that's, that yeah. says everything that needs to say to me. As soon as the government says we back you, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, the, the that's, that's government uh, doesn't mind spending our money, no, so I might as well get some of it. That's true. Obviously, they are better at spending my money than <laughs> I am. Let me ask you guys a question, if, if it's okay to get off topic a little bit. It always Please. is. Okay, <laughs> that's what, what we do here. What do you guys? Um, what do you hear uh, about ESG and, and the importance of uh, of, of the ongoing? Um, I'm excited to hear Matt's response here. In a lot of people's mind, ESG really matters. Mm, That's not my my mind. I can tell you a lot of uh, major (laughs) operators are now creating positions. They're looking for these guys. Uh, It's something we have to reconcile with. It's not going away. Private equity has left our industry. The banks are leaving it in droves. And so now we're having to adopt ESG. We've got to figure out better ways to to get rid of our waste uh, and what to do with it. So I think it's prominent. It's not going anywhere. Uh, we are going to come into an oil shortage before long, and that'll probably go out the window for a little bit. Natural gas, too. I mean, yeah. it's already, yeah, but there's it, pinch points. It's here to stay. If we want to attract money back into our industry, we will have to look at how we can be more environmentally sound. Yeah, Not to say we're not, but we have a, some bad actors, just like any other industry, but they're the ones that uh, it's always the fingers pointed at, and then generalize to us as a whole. Do you think that standard is going to come from the top down? From it's your going to come from your software. Yes, you're going to have a tab that it calculates your ESG. Well, so we had a Katie Plass. She yep. was an engineer sitting in here with us a while back, and we kind of have a similar mindset. You know, where us as individuals, we care about environmental, social governance. I want clean water. You know, I want clean air. Uh, there's a, so it's from the bottom, but it's uh, as well. But from the top is really being pushed, and it's going to be the publicly traded companies that are going to push that first, or trying to sell. But environmental social governance is here to stay. Uh, us little guys, you know, we have a small operating company, and we're not getting picked on about that. But vendors will eventually be forced to have some type of environmental social governance set in place, and we kind of already do. We do a lot of FERC-related company work, and it's always been in there. That, you know, how we clean up if there is a, an incident on site or anything like that. But now it's becoming more prominent where, for whatever reason, that was the acronym they picked, Environmental Social Governance. So It uh, sounds good. Now we now also we call oil and gas Earth Energy. Earth Energy. I've always just called it hydrocarbons. I don't like to call it fossil fuels. But it sound, hydrocarbons is a is a bad word now. So now we call it Earth Energy. <laughs> if, the, if the green people have green energy, we have Earth, earth energy. energy. All right, I like it. I'm just saying. It'll stick. There's mm-hmm. another tab you can put on there. Yeah. You know, how much Earth Energy did we collect? Yeah. But we are necessary. There's no way around it. Uh, California can't exist without us or right. any of these states. So mm-hmm. as much as it's always not in my backyard, right? But as always the mentality, Colorado's going through that with their uh, setback laws and everything they've been pushing. So yeah. it's well, here to stay. We just got to figure out how to navigate around it. And unfortunately, it's another regulatory uh, piece of the pie that we're going to have to p- spend money on. It, right? well, it raises our costs. Right. The good news is... Um, 
the oil and gas industry, by and large, is very good at adapting. We mm -hmm. always have been, and I think that's this is another another way for us to set a standard. Um, you and know. I'm not mad about it. We need that standard. Well, it's because you rise to the occasion. That's, that's that's the difference. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff we could do better. There, there's no way around it. But we do a really good job at a lot of things. But there's no reason we can't step up to the plate. But One it does reason. have to. It has to be in a. We a, have bad software, and we need epic <laughs> workflows so that I have more <laughs> time to go high level and think about these problems. Hey, Jerry, we're taking Matt to all of our meetings. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Have you guys thought about how that will affect your software? Or anything like that. I'll have more tabs. <laughs> the, answer, the answer is yes. More tabs. Um, I, mean, I, I think you. I think you hit on it uh, from the beginning. So we're we're already doing a couple things um, from the from the safety side of things, and, and that's you know making sure that we. You're integrating it with. Um, I There we go. And PEC, so, I'd assume, shortly after. Yeah, They're the other major, and then you got CCS because I know you guys are. CCS is pretty big in other industries outside of oil and gas. I don't know if you guys have talked to them. No, but that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So those just tuning in, not knowing too much about oil and gas, we have the IS network that uh, tracks all of our data on our safety side, and so with your software, you can integrate that and. No, safety, yep. so COIs or certificates of insurance, yep. if it was already uh, uploaded into IS Network, it would immediately extract that for the client. So, yeah, that is, I want to be clear, that is a, a future feature of the mm -hmm. software. So right now you'd have to do that by hand. Make it happen. But we, we are going to make it happen. So, yeah, it would, it, yes, all of those documents would pull in. So when you pulled up a vendor to, to vet that vendor and say, okay, these are the three guys that I, I want to go after for this job, you'd, you'd pull up all their safety information, yeah. you know, real time. And will that store in there? So yes. you'll get that because, you know, if you do a look back, uh, unfortunately for legal reasons or anything like that, and you want to say, no, they were compliant on that day, mm -hmm. we have uh, the appropriate paperwork to back that up. So yeah. your software will store that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really cool feature. I mean, it seems like one more thing to add to it, but if it automatically inputted it, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. That's uh, something else we had a discussion about because it's a pet peeve of mine is, redundancy of entering in the same information over and over again he has a list that's a common thing we've heard yeah. is there's there's double entry everywhere mm -hmm. everywhere and this is uh, a big reason why we exist is, is to eliminate those redundancies i want to see some scouts honor to say that scouts uh, honor. like that you guys will not have redundancy in your software that is uh, well, some redundancy is good, so I, I shouldn't use that word, but am I going to enter in the same darn information over hey, and over again? Scouts Hunter, and you can tell them we said so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how do you guys do extraction from, like, Excel sheets? So say they got a, uh, Matt brought up a 10-well package earlier that we got to do workovers for, and we need to do a process flow to see how much the costs that are going to be allocated to each well. So could we upload that from an Excel file? You absolutely could. If you think about our software, it really is, um, it's a, we talked about a GUI interface that basically is spreadsheets in the cloud, mm -hmm. right? So we can, not only can we import from spreadsheets and, and get all of that data into it, but to, to your example, what we would do is build a 10-well a uh, workover spreadsheet, or template, rather, that would go in. So once we, once we did that one time, and you've got all the, def, the, the constant or stagnant line items that go in there, you can always add and, and customize, but once we built that template, uh, the, the next time you have that job, it's as simple as going in and making a few edits and being able to send out that uh, that bid to, to whoever you wanted to at that point. Mm -hmm. And add all the people that are going to be on that project and that's, on and on and on. It's correct. just like a cookie cutter for Absolutely. the most part. And yep. more than likely, Speeds hopefully. up your workflow. That's right. More than likely, those, you haven't had that much turnover, and so you've got to. You do not have turnover here. Perfect. 
You can just drag and drop those folks uh, into the correct uh, positions. The oil field is legend for keeping our people for <laughs> long, long periods of time at the same job. Not cyclical at all. No. Don't ever think it. Yeah. <laughs> right. What is the Royal Bangkok? And I can't get that. I've been trying to read the last two Sports words. Club. On. So, uh, yeah, I had a, a buddy. My, oh, we'll give him a shout out here. Dave Anderson. Dave is uh, a reservoir engineer. He was one of the, the, the partners at Viquette. And Dave was a uh, distinguished lecturer for the Society of Petroleum Engineers. Oh, so good. Dave had a trip to uh, uh, to Singapore and to Bangkok, and so he invited me to go along with him. And my wife was sitting right there, and she, Dave says, you know, I think we should do this. And I said, I don't know. And KK said, I think you should go. And I said, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm gone. <laughs> he had the boss's approval. You so got to go. We, we did, yeah. We, so that's a that's a golf, uh, golf club over there. Oh, cool. How was it? It was uh, unique in that they've got a uh, a full horse track going right through, right through the middle of the uh, of the golf course. Really, horses running while you're shooting golf balls right up. No oh, one's ever hit a horse crazy. with a golf ball. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I haven't played golf there. Neither of you. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that with authority because you know I don't play golf. Yeah. I know you do. It's just you're really bad at it, like me. How are the courses? Did you have someone carrying your bag? Could you have? Yeah. technology or tell me how nice this course was yeah it was pretty nice so i had back up a little bit i have a couple of friends that i grew up i grew up in a small town in east texas marshall and a couple of friends that were thai and they moved back to thailand after their parents got older that, that, that's tradition you go back and take care of your parents so they moved back over to uh, to thailand so they're members here and they took me to play golf there yes so for three dollars you get a caddy mm -hmm. and for another three dollars there's a lady that will follow you around with an umbrella so there you go. Really? I just yeah. need somebody following me around with a drink with an umbrella. Yeah, yeah and a sandwich. Just <laughs> yeah, by the way, if this ready. wasn't a truncated uh, podcast, we usually have cocktails in here with this, but mm. your Dr. Pepper will work this time. Yeah. Well, so we're going to try to get you guys out of here today. And please, feel, anytime you're in Oklahoma City, guys, come back and Thank tell you. us how it's going. Tell us like more features, but... Uh, for those listening, like, t give us uh, give us your sign off. Like, what? How can they get a hold of you? And uh, do you send demo packages out for them to play with? Or yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, you know, the, the software is is uh, is new, and so we're, we're we just you know we live for for feedback. We're iterating the software just as quickly as we get that feedback. So. Uh, absolutely, we'll, we'll not only send a demo, but we can, you know, we can give some uh, some some logins, and so you have the opportunity to play around in the software real time. Uh, we just, again, we just value that that feedback so much right now. That's the stage that we're in. So I have my uh, my cell phone number on my business card, uh, but it's Jerry at EpicWorkflow.tech. Got to get that right. Uh, and then six nine eight three two six nine six three three two two is my cell number. Call me directly anytime. Yeah, um, what Jerry said. You know, we're we've been uh, we've taken a lot of good feedback meetings, and now we've got we're, you know we're onboarding people, and it's it's uh, kind of hitting the ground running. And um, you know, these are early adopters are our favorites. You know, uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, mainly because you help uh, kind of shape how you want it, which is also helpful for the entire industry. So, um, John at EpicWorkflow.tech. 713-444-7783. Sounds like a fake number, but I promise it's real. Yeah, just put it on all, all the bathroom walls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it when people give out their phone numbers. For good software. <laughs> Change it up a little bit. For good software, call epicworkflow.tech. <laughs> Tech. Guys, thank you so much for, you. Uh, for hosting us. We really appreciate it. And have, yeah. have this is what we do. We, we host a pretty uh, vanilla, uh, beautiful, informational, uh, <laughs> educational, uh, sometimes humorous 
Yeah, we like to have a little more time so we we can uh, bullshit longer, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's honestly what Jerry and I do. Well, best. I was starting to sweat that you're going to make me go into Thailand stories, so I'm kind of glad. <laughs> <laughs> next next time on Talking Energy Show, we get everything about Thailand and oil and gas money, everybody. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get you guys out of here. Guys, thank you. Uh, please tune in next time and uh, reach out to our friends at uh, epicworkflow.tech. Goodbye.